We have two Bible readings this morning, um, and the first one is from Matthew 9, verse 35 to 38. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. The next reading is from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Thanks. I got my bucket. All right. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting, but fun. Who's up for doing something a little different? One person, good. All right, good. All right, it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to try something very different. We're talking about Mission Month, and so uh, we. I, I was interested. To, I, I love praying for our, our missionaries beyond. Uh, but as I look across this room, I see a room full of missionaries, uh, people that can go out of this space and into their communities, into their uh, workplaces, into their homes. Uh, we've all got neighbours uh, who we can be Jesus to. So I've, I've thought, I, well, to be fair, I tried during the week to, to map where we're all from and found it really difficult because there's lots of people. So I thought this morning we'll map it. Instead of me trying to do it, we'll just do it while we're here. All right, so this is becoming the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne. This is our outer eastern Melbourne. So I've got to try and get us all up at some stage and move to the place that we live in this outer eastern Melbourne. Now, I'm going to set the extremities. And if you live beyond the extremities, you can go out into the foyer or whatever. Um, I, don't th- I, I don't know. Th- have we got anyone that lives sort of past Lilydale? Whereabouts do you live? Mount Evelyn. Sort of, I suppose, a little down across. If we set Lilydale as right up in that back corner, you might be down a little bit here, won't you? Yeah, all right, that'll be right. So we'll set Lilydale up right in the back corner. Um, that'll be Lilydale. Can, can someone run Lilydale up to the back there for me? Yeah, Josh, can you do that for me? All right, Lilydale, you go all the way back up in the back, back corner. Uh, maybe the one up near the Joss. Maybe we'll go up up that top corner. I think. I think that'll be Lilydale because we're going to have M- Mount Evelyn coming through here. I think. Does anyone live in Blackburn? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, fantastic. We've got some Blackburnians. Uh, uh, does anyone live beyond Blackburn, Box Hill? No. I reckon you're. I reckon you'll be the the, the furthest across. And and we're doing this all in in relation to Kilsyth South. So Andrew, you're Blackburn. You're going to be in that corner. Now, Kilsai South, I figured, will probably be right around where Adele is. You are Kilsai South. So this is your Kilsai South here. So this will be around that. So Lilydale sort of, oh, we might be a little bit further across. Up there, um, we've got um, Mount Evelyn. Anyone in the hills, like Dandenong Hills? I think, yeah, we've got a few. Yeah, yeah, over there. So you're going to be over here. 
So that would mean that Ferntree Gully is up here, this sort of Roeville. We got Roeville, I know Megan and that. Oh, yeah, we got some Roeville. They've, you're on the stage there. And then, so there are extremities. Anyone come out of, anyone from like Clayton or anything like that? We're not, not that far away, are we? Anyone from the sort of the other side of the Dandenongs? No, good. All right, so I reckon that's our extremities. All right, so we got, what did we say was over there? Black, Blackburn, Lilydale, Mount Evelyn, Fentry Gully's probably there. Um, what do we say down here? Roeville. So if you come anywhere through there, um, then we've got this. And so in between, so Ringwood's probably around where the sound desk is. All right? So if you're Ringwood. And then in between Ringwood is uh, Ringwood and Lilydale's Croydon and Litter. Uh, Croydon and Moorabark. Baronia's sort of near there. All right, so do you know where you live? Do you reckon? Do you re I've got some more sheets. We can, we can get Roeville. Roeville's up here. Mount Dandenong's over here. Josh, you're on Mount Dandenong. Does anyone feel like I haven't got this right? Is my mapping all over the shop? Let's try. Let's see. All right, everyone up, if you're able, and move to the place where you think you might live. All right. Very good. Very good. All right, how have we gone? We've got a, we've got a very big corridor, don't we? In our corridor. So we've got, who have we got? We've got Blackburn. Where, where about see? Mitcham, Blackburn, Mitcham. Bayswater North, Bayswater North. <laughs> Back there. <laughs> I what you said. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Baronia down here, very good. We got some Croydon. Moralbark. Litter. Who's who's way out the back? <laughs> so who's who's right out the back? Coldstream, fantastic, wonderful. The Arrow Glen, oh, fantastic, excellent. We've got some Mount Evelyn, very good, very good up in the hills up there. The Basin, ah, oh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, lovely place. All right. So a couple of things. There, there is purpose. Stay there for a minute. Stay there for a minute. There is purpose for this. Is because we can we can see two things. Our, our church actually spreads fairly far and wide, doesn't it? Back back in the day, you used to have a parish, and the parish would be just we'd be we'd be in our little area, and a lot of people would just walk to church. Um, Newport, where I was from, um, was a little bit parish-like because a lot of people would just walk to church. We sort of knew where our boundaries were. We knew what. Uh, where our mission field was. Uh, it was very parish-based. If we did this in Newport, we'd have a clump, and that was about all. Um, whereas we can see we're actually spread, well, this corridor's amazing, but um, even to the extremities as well, um, all the way out sort of there. So we, we have the ability to move around now the, more than so than we did 50 years ago when we didn't have uh, transport to get to church. So, so things can move. So we can move. So we probably go past three or four churches. And, and church home isn't the closest church anymore. Church home is where we feel loved, supported. We have a space of, of friendship and connection with whatever's happening within the church, which is really cool. So, so we can see that church moves, our mission, our, mission, our reach moves beyond just Kilsyth South. The second thing is that you may not have realised that there are people from this church in your area. So you're a bit on, on the outer, <laughs> up there a, a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll pray for you as you m m mission 
out there, which is really cool. We need, we need to send our missionaries out to Blackburn. Uh, but there might be people around you that you go, I didn't realize you lived in this area. And, and as you think, oh, I'll be praying for my community, you might live one or two streets away from someone in your little space that you didn't even know about, that you might say, hey, why don't we pray for our area? Or why don't we run a street party for our area? Why don't we think about how we can be missionals in the spa- and mission, missionaries in the space that we're at? Looking at our reach of mission. You can all try and find your seats again if you're able. Thank you for engaging in that. Well done. We might have some creative people in church who might be able to map that at some stage for us. Um, if, you, if you're creative, if you like that sort of thought of trying to map out um, where we might live or where people might be from, come and see me afterwards. It'd be great to have some creative picture of, of our reach um, because we can't all stand in little spots all the time. The theme uh, for... For Missions Month, um, that was set by the Baptist Union, uh, they set it normally for May, we do it in August, because uh, we have our, um, our anniversary service in May, uh, is um, grow where you're planted and sow where you're called. And so this morning as we think about this space that has, is the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne, we can be God's hands and feet right here, growing together right where we are and sowing seeds into the places God is calling us to be. And that may be right now where you are, or that may be somewhere different into the future. But let's pray and let's get started on this this thought. Grow where you're planted, sow where he calls you to be. Let's pray. Loving God, we pray that this morning as we Think about this space that you've got us to be in. We pray that you help us to understand your word and how we can be people of mission in our local space. We ask God that you help us to understand your word this morning. Give us clarity to it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a starting point for any mission of the church has to be Jesus. It wasn't just a Sunday school answer. Yes, the answer is Jesus. Well, the answer is Jesus, and Jesus is the answer to God's missional problem of reconciling people back to God. And, and the only son, God's only son, was sent to this earth that he may teach and impart God's standard of living to us, and that he would then die to bring us back into this right relationship with him. It's good news, isn't it? It's good news for all of us. And it's good news to to us who are called to be on mission. And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, that means you. And it's good news because you've been saved, for sure. You're not separate from God. But it also means that this idea of mission, this idea of being the people of God in the community, doesn't start with you. It actually starts with God. So when we have a call to share Jesus with others, to be a blessing to the community around you, to be creative in being Jesus in your workplace or in your school, we can do that with confidence because we know that mission actually starts with God. Just before Jesus was taken back up to heaven, Jesus' words to his followers were, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's Acts 1 verse 8. Now, there's a few points of encouragement that we can take from this verse. Firstly, we're not alone when we're there to share good news with others. The verse tells us you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Jesus doesn't say that this is to be done in your own strength. Luke's gospel announces in in a different way. It says in Luke 26, verses 47 and 49, it says, Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in that city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. See, Jesus calls his troops to go and preach, for sure. Preach good news to all nations, beginning with your own space, Jerusalem. But he, he doesn't say, go and do it alone. In fact, he says, don't, don't do anything. Don't leave the city until you receive the power from on high. It sounds a lot like Jesus saying, don't do it on your own power, because it's just not going to work. Wait until I send the Holy Spirit to be your source of power, to continue the mission of God, sharing the good news with others, where you are and beyond. And that leads to the second point, is mission starts right where you are. Both Acts and Luke that I've just talked about, the writer starts mission where the disciples disciples were right then. Both started in Jerusalem. Mission started local and moved global. See, God's heart is that people are transformed right where they are. God's mission is not only to the least reached people groups of the world, although we need people with a heart to go to them as well. God's mission is not only for those who are struggling with immense poverty, although their plight is vitally important and their longing for something more than just a monetary help is, is there as well. But God's mission starts right where you are, right in that little space in the, the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne that we've just demonstrated. But if we narrow it down a little further again, God's mission starts with you. It begins with you being a devoted follower of Jesus. Being a follower of Jesus, it gives, it gives two ideas, really, and the first one fits into this idea of being grown where you're planted. So as a community of believers, we're following the teachings and leadings of Jesus as we seek to follow his, those, those teachings out in the world, as to, to, to show them to the world. We're following his example of how to live, how to interact with others, how to relate to God. Jesus dedicated his time to spending time with his father. He engaged deeply in scripture. He revealed the truth of God to others and he invited others into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus invested in all people. He showed radical love to those who were unloved and demonstrated what it meant to respect and empower people in the world. If we're to follow Jesus, we need to do the same. So as followers of Jesus, we're called to grow in our own heart love for Jesus, that we may become more like him in our everyday lives. Mission begins with you. 
grow where you're planted. I have my pot. You might not have seen my pot. I'm going to... You know that I'm a really great gardener. I think I've explained this to you before. Um, my roses still haven't come up, by the way. Um, those of you who told me to cut my roses back, they still haven't popped up yet, so I'm still waiting. I see little shoots, but I'm, that's my expectations are pretty high. I've got my pot here, and I'm going to... I've got my little plant. So if I keep my... I've got my little plant. If I keep my little plant in this little pot, I'm going to make the assumption it's not going to grow real long, real, real big, is it? It's just going to stay fairly small. Its root systems aren't going to be able to reach out. Um, I don't know if this is going to become a big plant anyway. Um, someone else can tell me that. It will become a big plant? Yep, good. Um, I'm hoping in four weeks it will become a big plant because it will make it a really good illustration about growth, but I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. Um, you gardeners can make it grow in four weeks for me. Uh, but if I keep it in the pot, this is as much as I know, it's not going to grow well. So I make sure that I put the soil in without filling it all over the carpet, and I take it out of the pot... Dig a hole, and I plant it. So, do I have to unravel it? Gently, gently. All right. There we go. Planted. Now that it's free from that constriction of the small pot, my hope is that if we water it, if we nurture it, maybe sing it a lullaby, it'll grow. Is that right? It has the freedom now to grow where I've planted it. It doesn't have the restriction of where that little pot is anymore, which is good. So it's going to grow where it's planted. And for you and I, it's no good for us to just be restricted in a a faith that started just a long time ago but never grew. It's no good for us to think we've got to be missional, we've got to reach out if our faith is confined to only the small spaces that we knew from when we were a young Christian. We have to be free to grow in our faith, free to grow in our understanding of who Jesus is and how Jesus impacts our lives on a daily basis. Then, when our heart grows, we'll see, like our plant, will grow. As we saw from our different areas of our outer eastern Melbourne map, our mission is on our doorstep. But our mission starts with each of us being willing to grow in our love for Jesus, in our heart for Scripture, and in our understanding of how that impacts our lives. God's planted us among our families, our social networks, our workplaces, our schools, our universities. God's given us these opportunities right where we are. And it's within these contexts that as we grow in our love for Jesus and our understanding of what Jesus has got for our lives, that God will give us the opportunities to sow into those contexts as well. So it leads us to a second part in our um, mission month, is that we must therefore grow where we're planted, but also sow where he calls Earlier I said there was two ideas regarding following of Jesus. The first one being someone who follows the example of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, and implements them into his life. The second idea of following Jesus gives an image of being led, being led by Jesus. I remember when I was young, we used to go on family holidays, and Dad would often go off into these uh, remote sort of um, places. We didn't have a four-wheel drive, but he'd go over the tracks anyway, and we'd find waterfalls. I used to love finding waterfalls with my dad. 
And quite often to get to a waterfall, you'd have to go through the, 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 the little uh, um, roads, the little paths, go through the scrub, through the bushes. And as a, as a youngster, I couldn't see much ahead because Dad would always be in front. But he'd always have my hand and he'd always lead me through those paths. And I always trusted where he was leading me because I knew at the end it would come to a space where I'd see this beautiful waterfall just flowing down. I couldn't get there on my own. I wouldn't have wanted to try to get there on my own. But I got there because my father led me there. And, you know, as a follower of Jesus, um, as a follower of Jesus, uh, we must allow Jesus to lead us to the places that God is calling us to be. You know, sometimes the road of following Jesus isn't always clear. You might go through some thick bush to get there, but when you get to the clearing with Jesus, you get a sense of God's leading and direction in your life. You know, sometimes in mission months, it's easy to focus on those who are overseas and the missionaries that we support. And we'll be, we'll be speaking to some missionaries in the coming weeks. We've got uh, the Prestons are coming down next week. So make sure you're here next week to hear from the Prestons about what God's doing in their life. Um, they'll be down from Sydney to share with us. Uh, and in a couple of weeks' time, we'll have Mark Purser from um, Baptist World Aid share about what God's doing in that. And I know we give a lot to Baptist World Aid. And then at the end of the month, we've got the Dross. They're coming from Canada, like right up the top of Canada where it's dark all the time, half a year, and then it's light half the year. Love to go and visit the Dross. Love to go and see that. That'd be just very interesting. So we're going to hear from them. But this morning, this morning, I I want us to, to think about where's God leading us right now, individually, you. Even this morning, we need to think about Alice and Elijah Slatter. They are heading across to Fiji as we speak um, to help with Elijah's parents' mission in Fiji. It's pretty exciting. When they get back, that, get back, we'll have a chat with them as well. They feel that God's called them to go and help out over there to sow seeds of Jesus into the lives of people being touched by that organisation. But not all of us are called to go to Fiji or to the top of Canada or to Thailand as missionaries. I had a mate who was called to Hawaii and to surf in Hawaii as mission, and I questioned him about that. I said, are you for real? That's going to be your mission, to go and surf most of the days in Hawaii. And uh, <laughs> I called him out. But he, to his credit, he came back and he told me all about what Jesus had done in Hawaii with him. Um, so, so not, but not everyone's called to do that. So if you're not called to Fiji or Hawaii or anywhere overseas, where is it that God's calling you to be? Well, my response to that is that you're called to be right where you are now. In my opinion, every time you step out of your house and your workplace, you're stepping into cross-cultural mission. The disparity between Christianity and society today has become massive. The gap has become so large that we can't assume that we can walk into an environment that's going to accept the teachings of Jesus anymore. There's so many young people in schools that would not have a Bible or would never have even read the Bible, never have picked up a Bible in their lives. I know I hadn't until I was like 13 and my friend took me to church. And this is, that was years ago. There are 
uh, a lot of people who would um, be out in our community now just in the local cafes because Sunday trading is just a normal, regular thing. Only 24 years ago, mid-90s, was Sunday trading becoming a thing. It's only 24 years. It's not that far ago. It's not all that long ago. All you young people are going, 24 years? You guys are old. <laughs> but before then, I, I remember I've, I remember these times where we couldn't do anything else on Sunday. I played footy, but even before that time, footy was always Saturday. So there was nothing to do. So, so parents would take their kids to Sunday school because there was no other thing. So, so I, I, from my own experience, I got the feeling my parents took us to Sunday school so they could have some time together because they didn't go to church. <laughs> so, so, but, but the Sunday schools of the 70s and 80s were massive because that was what happened. At least kids had a Bible. At least kids had some understanding of, of, of the stories of Jesus, whereas now culture doesn't have that. Our culture doesn't have that at all. So our church on a Sunday morning competes with cinemas, sports, shopping, cafes, and the cafe culture in Melbourne is massive. So it stands to reason that our society has moved away from its Christian roots and biblical values, and the disparity is huge now. So now more than ever, when we step out of the doors of the church, we're stepping into a mission field. When we step out of our doors at home, we're stepping into a mission field. And it's into this mission field that you are called. And it's into this mission field that you're called to sow. Iona read for us from, uh, to us from Matthew 9, where Jesus takes his disciples on a missional journey through the local cities and villages. He preaches and he teaches good news. He, he cures the illnesses and sicknesses. And it says he looks upon the crowds with compassion because, verse 36 says, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I wonder if we look into the workplaces where we go, the universities that we study at, the nursing homes that we live. I wonder if we have a compassion for those who don't know this good news of Jesus. I wonder if we have that same compassion to see the kingdom of God grow in the space where you are. He sees the crowds and he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. God has called us to be right where we are. He's called us, his laborers, to go where God has placed us. That's right where you are now. It may not be where you stay. God may lead you somewhere else, for sure. But right now, you are sowing into the space that you are in. So we're called to grow where we're planted. We get planted. Grow in your heart for Jesus. Grow in your love for God and love for others to know him. And then sow where you are as well. Now, we have mixed a few metaphors. We've got sowing, harvesting, We've got a few metaphors mixing. I think you, you get the picture of what we're doing here. Um, but we're called to sow where you are. So what does it look like? Well, it probably doesn't look like setting up in the lunchroom a, a stall with Jesus pamphlets and stuff like that. Um, it probably doesn't look like that. Maybe for you it does look like that. That's all right. That might be uncomfortable for some. But it might mean that you become more aware of the needs of others and you get alongside them, 
and ask them, how can I pray for you? Start sowing seeds. It might mean that you find another Christian in your school or in your workplace and you start a weekly prayer time. It might just be two of you to start with, but others might see it and say, what are you guys doing? It might be that you say in your workplace, we're not just going to do prayer, but we're going to invite some people who are interested to do a Bible study or to read the Bible with us. And you say, let's just read the Bible together and see what it says. It may be that God's placed on your heart a social enterprise that might bear fruit to a a disadvantaged group of people in the community, say single parents or those wrestling with deep grief or high-risk children. Follow the promptings of what God is calling you to do, so do something about it. Sow where you are. Grow where he's planted you. Don't stop growing. Because as you grow, you'll understand more the need to sow. And as you faithfully sow, the plants will grow, and eventually there'll be a harvest that is ready to be harvested. Let me pray. So God, this morning as we've thought about our community where we live, may we be people who grow in love for you more and more. And God, we also pray that that love for you may spill out, may overflow into the life, lives of people around us, that our deep compassion for others seeing the kingdom of God will be realised and that there will be a harvest that is plentiful and ready to be harvested. Thanks, Lord. Amen.